right, we are back. We ended our first segment talking about uh, the Jurassic period and dinosaurs, etc., which allows me to say, in other dinosaur news, Mongolia's government has decided to convert a disused Lenin Memorial Museum into the Central Museum for Dinosaurs, which is not that big a change, really. According to the Ulaanbaatar Post, and this is the first time we've quoted from that publication, dinosaur fossils are particularly abundant in Mongolia, so the government wants to protect this national heritage. The Mongolian People's Party, which has been occupying the building since the Lenin Museum was closed, is upset about the change. The feedback section of New Scientist magazine noted that they suspect the government's association of Leninists with dinosaurs may be entirely deliberate. And another story uh, which highlights the continuing decline of the popularity of communism, piece by Chris Brummett in the Sacramento Bee, Dateline Hanoi, noted that market forces are working against college degrees in Marx, Lenin, and Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam, where the communist government has resorted to offering free tuition to attract students to those disciplines. In fact, Prime Minister Nguyen Tan Dung signed a decree last month giving free tuition to students agreeing to take four-year courses on Marxist-Leninism and the thoughts of Ho Chi Minh. Students have been shunning such degrees because employers are not interested in them. The piece quotes Pham Tan Ha, described as head of admissions and training at Ho Chi Minh City Social and Human Sciences University, that degrees in subjects like communications, tourism, international relationships, and English are more popular because students believe, quote, they will have a better chance of employment and better pay when they graduate, end quote. And we have to say, Radio Parallax has noticed that, you know, the communists just aren't hiring like they used to. Of course, we do want to note that uh, the West coming in to change how things are done in various uh, centrally planned states may on occasion be a bit of a mixed blessing. Case in point, Burma, which does have an admittedly terrible socialist government, perhaps one of the world's worst. Well, I don't know. It's got some pretty stiff competition. But at any rate, uh, with uh, much ballyhoo, numerous Western companies are moving into Burma, also known as Myanmar. To quote from a piece by I.I. Win. The impoverished nation of 60 million people emerged from a half-century of isolation and brutal military rule two years ago. With most international sanctions against the country lifted or suspended, foreign businesses from Coca-Cola to Unilever to Suzuki Motors have scrambled to get in. So too has Big Tobacco, but without the ribbon-cutting or grandly worded press announcements. No, the tobacco industry is slipping into Burma without much fanfare. And yes, I prefer to call it Burma on this program because, as far as I can see, the ruling junta decided to change the name to Myanmar. And as far as I can see, the Associated Press themselves can't seem to make up their mind as to what to call the country, so we're going to go with Burma. Apparently a month ago, British American Tobacco, the world's second largest cigarette manufacturer, shepherded a select audience of government officials to a low-key ceremony where it formalized a $50 million investment over five years to produce, market, and sell its brands in Burma. China's largest tobacco producer is also setting up a multi-million dollar joint venture. The article quoted Tin Muang, described as a retired army major and Burma's top anti-smoking campaigner, and good luck to him, 
saying they seem to think entering the market stealthily they can avoid public scrutiny. Well, yeah, Mr. Moong, and I'm pretty sure they're going to get away with it, but we hope you can do something to try and uh, curb smoking, which is, uh, of course, uh, one of the world's number one health problems. Of course, I would note that as an aside, when I entered Burma 25 years ago, like everybody else, I uh, decided to pad my uh, expenses there by bringing in a bottle of Johnny Walker Red Label and a carton of cigarettes. I was only going to spend five days there, and apparently the markup you got on the whiskey and cigarettes, uh, in addition to the $100 that you were obliged to, um, to change into the relatively worthless Burmese chat, might have been enough to get you by, and in, in my case, it, it was. So I guess I can't get on too high a horse about the trafficking in tobacco now, can I? For my part, I promise I'll never do it again. I want to talk about the uh, article in Vanity Fair about the Goldman Sachs uh, geek tragedy. Article about how a Russian computer whiz kid was making Goldman lots of money till they turned on him and got him thrown in the slammer, but uh, we just don't have time. So with two minutes to go, let me just close with this. Article by Henry K. Lee in the San Francisco Chronicle. Quote, a San Francisco man who employed an age-old confidence trick, claiming to be the soon-to-be-wealthy son of the president of the Democratic Republic of Congo, pleaded guilty to defrauding a Marin County real estate agent and his girlfriend of $1.6 million, said federal authorities. Blessed, marvelous Hervé. And you do have to ask at this point, who would trust a man named Blessed, Marvelous Hervé? Age 41 of San Francisco entered a guilty plea to a charge of wire fraud. He'll be sentenced on November 22nd. Hervé used a version of a scam that should be familiar to anyone with an email account. According to authorities, he claimed that the U.S. government had seized more than $43 million of his money and that he needed advanced financial assistance to win back the funds. Hervé met the Tiburon real estate agent in 2005 when he responded to an ad the victim had run for the sale of a luxury home. In a series of transactions that spanned several years and included elaborate lies, said authorities, the agent went broke, giving or loaning money to Hervé. Hervé said, among other things, he needed to rent bulletproof limos for his father's real estate tours. You know, I think of the California real estate market as kind of a cutthroat operation, and the fact that a guy from Tiburon fell for this? Wow. That seems surprising. That does it for the show. Our thanks to Dr. Gary Aguilar. We'll be talking more about this subject and more with him in the weeks and months to come. This truly will now be departing to attend his 30-year medical school reunion. This is going to be interesting. I last saw some of these folks when we were 20-somethings, and now I'm going to see them when they're 50-somethings. I fully expect to have a story or two to tell you about next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>